Welcome to Her Sports Convo with Ashley Wilson. Hey y'all, welcome back. Crazy to see you here again. I hope you had a good week last week. I hope you have a good week this week. Happy Thursday. I'm a fully vaccinated gal. Shout out to all my Moderna people out there. We're ready to hit these summer streets, but keep wearing your mask, you know, stay sick, all that stuff. Sarah and I had such an amazing conversation. You're going to love it. I'm going to tell you right now. If you like hearing about women and women empowerment, specifically women in sports, football, all that stuff, we cover it. You're going to be ready to run through a brick wall after this episode. Let me tell you right now. But uh, let me stop holding you up and get to all the good stuff. On this week's episode, we have, I definitely would say, and she literally is the CEO of Girl Boss, like the CEO of Girl Boss Sport. She is here, professional football player therapist I could go on and on and on and on thank you so much for being here with us Sarah yeah thanks for having me and yeah you're right with the intro I've, I probably do too much but yeah I'm excited to be here hey, you got you got to stay busy you don't you don't get that you don't get far in life just sitting on your bum so you got to get going exactly but yeah tell us how you got started playing football like how did that even come about Actually, I've been a soccer player most of my life. Started playing soccer when I was four, grew up doing all of the things. I was like such a big nerd about it. Like I slept with my soccer ball sometimes and I literally would like dribble my soccer ball around uh, my high school uh, just so I could improve my first touch. And one of my old friends actually reminded me that I would like even kick it up into the bus just so I could like really work on my first touch. So definitely I was obsessed <laughs> with soccer. Um, I went on to play collegiately and then in the WPSL for a couple seasons. And then, so that's kind of like my background was in soccer. And then in 2017 or 2018, I was at the Pride Parade in Seattle and I saw a tackle football team on one of the floats. And it was just this moment. I was like, wait, those are women and they have like pads and helmets. Like women can play football. How come I didn't know that we could do this thing? Like, I never even, it never crossed my mind that I would be allowed to play football. Um, so then I tried out in 2018, played my first season in 2019 with that Seattle team. And then obviously 2020 COVID happened. I was set to play with the team in Oregon and, you know, that. Um, and that's kind of how I started with football. So it's been awesome. That That's a journey. I feel like that's, that, that's one of those cool journeys. You know, you don't really see it coming. And then before you know it, you're like, oh, I'm the people on the float that I saw at this convention. This is so insane. Yeah. And I just like, honestly, I didn't know if I was going to like it or not. I was really nervous before my first practice and first tryout and all of that. had no idea what to expect because as you know, soccer is a foot sport and I was not known to be super great with my hands back in the day, but I didn't need to be because it was soccer. And so switching to that was definitely an experience, but, uh, my first tackle, like I was like, oh my God, I love to tackle. I got to be on defense, which is, yeah. So I fell in love with the sport and have been obsessed with it now. Same way I used to be obsessed with soccer. Now I feel like as an adult, I'm becoming obsessed with football. Uh, always like throwing out in the backyard with my wife who's a quarterback and oh yeah, all sorts of stuff. So I'm Th- that's the perfect, perfect pairing right there. You know, she's throwing you the ball, you're catching it. So you can be prepared to take everybody else out. Like I know what you're going to do. I've been working on it. We're, we're ready. Oh, definitely. It's, it's great. I have the, the perfect teammate here. <laughs> I see you play soccer at Bear University. Tell us yeah. how, how you got there and all that. Yeah, so well, I grew up playing soccer in Oregon. Um, and the long story short of it, I knew I wanted to play in college. I knew I wanted to play somewhere warm because I was just like tired <laughs> of playing in the snow. I remember games back in you know high school where half the field would be frozen. It felt like we were ice skating. And I'm like, I don't want to oh do gosh. this anymore. I was, yeah. Was like we should have canceled this game, honestly. Like how much was a play and dribble and not just fall. Right. Um and so I was looking specifically for schools in like California or Florida. Um, and then I was seen at a tournament in California by the Bear University coach and through the different recruitment process and all of that. I went for my official visit there in Miami and fell in love, palm trees, the ocean, all of it. I will say it was a bit more humid than I was prepared for. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's how basically I ended up at Barry University. Uh, that, that humidity, it'll, it'll kill you. That, that humidity is no joke. Yeah, every preseason, every single one, I would lose at least 10 pounds, which, you know, we'd have like three practices a day. 
And it would just be, yeah, every time, no matter what I do, no matter how much I eat. And I think a lot of it was just like, I sweated out because when you're in that heat in August in Miami for three practices a day, yeah, it gets rough, but definitely a really good experience. Oh yeah. You walk outside and it's like a wet blanket, just like tied it to encapsulate your whole body. And you're like, y'all expect me to be like productive in this. I don't, I don't understand. (laughs) Oh yeah. Luckily I only fainted once and yeah so that's a whole other story but I've only fainted once even in all the time so I'm pretty pretty proud of myself (laughs) what happened how did you end up fainting yeah I think it was one of those times it was partially into preseason I was worn out my body was worn out I had lost weight and then I was in the training room luckily after and I was connected to the the stem machine like the you know the electronic whatever stimulation thing and I just remember talking to someone and then it just like my vision just closed and I had never experienced that before and apparently I was just like I need to get outside and I don't even remember that I was like I need to get outside I'd like leapt off the table and then I just remember like this my vision got smaller and smaller and I was running into people trying to like make my way like crawling outside and then I passed out and then all of the trainers were around me and I was like I don't know what happened I think I'm dehydrated they like fed me Pedialyte for like a whole week straight but uh just the one time so I'm still proud <laughs> yeah I mean I, that's a lot for one time I mean thank goodness oh yeah it wasn't too bad <laughs> like I, said, I had like I played soccer for a good amount of time and I I like got heat stroke one time like I don't know what mm-hmm. happened but I literally like it felt like everything was going in slow motion and the next thing you know I was like am I dying yeah that's what I thought. I was like, I don't know what's happening. Somebody help. <laughs> like, like I, I literally just remember like falling over and it's like, what is going on? Oh, wow. What position did you play in soccer, by the way? I was a goalkeeper. You know, I'd rather get hit in the face than, you know, run a hundred <laughs> yards back and forth. That was a lot. That was not for me. Yeah. Goalkeepers, they, I'm always the most impressed with them, I must say. Um, I was not, though. Again, I didn't have hands growing up, right? Until now. Now I do as a receiver, I can catch. But back then, no. I was a, a striker, and so I love to score the goals. That's my favorite feeling, definitely. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, a part of me was like, oh, my God, it'd be so fun to score, you know, be in the action. But I feel like being a goalie also, it was like, like, I'm it, like, this is it, after you pass me, they've reached, like, the golden, because, you know, in soccer, you can go 100 hours, and no one scores, and, but Mm -hmm. I really liked it, you know, I think it also helped, because, like, I played volleyball, so, like, even though it was crazy, because in volleyball, I could not sit, like, my coach told me, he said, he said, there's, like, a list of people that are, like, setters, if our setter goes out, and you're not even the list, (laughs) Wait, setters are the ones that do this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'm not super familiar with volleyball. I'm learning. <laughs> you know, we, we all got to get there. There's there's these, I'm trying to like get into like baseball, hockey, you know, trying to just take it all in. So, you know, we can support everybody, you know. I think it's so fun. I actually did play briefly a couple of years ago in like a low, low level recreational volleyball league for mostly, I'll say mostly the women were like in their fifties when there was me. So I was really good, mostly just because I could move around a lot and run, but I didn't know what I was doing. I had no technique, but it was a blast. (laughs) You tried, you had fun. That's all that matters. That's, that's it. You got to have fun somewhere. Yeah. I would love to do like beach volleyball down the road. I think that sounds more fun than jumping on the the wood floors with the knee pads and all of that. Cause I was diving everywhere and I always would have bruises everywhere. And I think the beach sounds greater next time. I did it for a year. It was, it was, I mean, it wasn't difficult, but it was also like, you know, July in North Carolina. So you had to like, you had, you had to choose between the two, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) But you played in some women's leagues. You said you started out in Seattle. How did you, you said you saw them on the float. How did that first practice go? Did you call them up? You were like, Hey, I want to join your team. Y'all are amazing. I want to be amazing as well. pretty much no I think they had advertised that they needed more players or something and so they had three tryouts um and I'm athletic because again from soccer there's a lot of transferable skills I move pretty fast that kind of thing um and so then yeah after the tryouts they let me know I made the team I was pretty nervous for tryouts but I think I was more nervous for the first practice and not knowing what to expect and then the most nervous probably when I found out the first practice we would actually be tackling it because that's we had to like build up to that after we learned technique and so I think the moment I was most nervous, I think it was that practice and they were 
running at us and I was just like oh god it's my moment this is I have to do it now like I'm a tackle football player here we go first time boom and I loved it so but yeah that's that's pretty much how I got involved <laughs> oh yeah so you're, you're like on defense so do you you obviously have to like hitting because you know oh I love it it'd that's be bad favorite. if you were on defense and like you were the one getting plummeted like that would not be okay yeah I mean like so like right now which I can get into in a little bit I'm playing kicker on this men's team which is really cool but um so that's one of the positions I play but I will say it's not my top pick it's also the 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 position I got signed for for the the first what's supposed to be the first professional women's league so I got signed for kicker but my favorite position which everyone I tell is really surprised by this because of my body size and I know I'm small and fast and they don't expect it but my favorite is d-end um which goes yeah, I love being on the line facing the women who are much bigger and stronger than me. And we have that moment where we're staring each other down. And I just love that. I've actually done, I even played DN a couple of times in some of the men's games recently. And it's the same thing. And they're like, what are you going to do? And I'm just like, oh, just wait, watch this spin move. So I love tackling the quarterback. I think it's my favorite feeling in the whole world, actually. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a deep down like love for like O line, D line. Like that's like the trenches. I think that's like the goalkeeper in me the I play DS in volleyball like just straight up in the mud like not the fancy you know catching big catches everybody knows your name like I think that's why I really love the O-line and the D-line yeah and even in practices now I just wherever there's a hole like I'll play O-line I'll play D-line I'll play whatever they need me to do in practices and it's it's definitely I'm learning a lot um but I really love it I think it's just everyone expects nothing from me because I'm so small (laughs) and then I'm like boom let me break through them and it's like the best feeling when I get through one every four times or something so yeah I love it too (laughs) yeah every everybody's got to have their day every everybody's got their high moment yeah exactly you're playing with the Arizona Football League now how did you get into playing with the men's how did that go Uh, I got signed to play with that women's team that's so I got signed with the Phoenix Red Tails which I'm really pumped about Uh, we're going to be playing in 2022 um, but we've already like we've done you know have been doing a few practices here and there with the players who are already here and I love I think probably the favorite coach I've ever had is one of the coaches at the the Red Tails and so when we found out we were going to be not playing till 2022 now he said that he was going to start coaching this men's team. Um, it's like a men's semi-pro league, the Arizona Desert Football League. I think that's the league it's called. And so he was basically saying they need a kicker and I'm only going to coach if you come kick too. And I was like, actually, that sounds great. Like any game experience, more of that. Because again, I just started in 2019, have one full season under my belt. And now I'm supposed to be kicking in 2022 at the pro level. So I'm like, I need to get some extra reps in and what I mean what better than having full-grown men running at me while I'm kicking I think that's going to give me right the the right experience that I need so yeah and I've loved it so far definitely learning a lot my my coach has been working with me every week now several times a week on my kicks fixed my routine for the first time um and so that's really exciting so now my kicks are like way more accurate um yeah and I'm actually really loving kicking more and more now because of that so, so was like your kicking technique similar to like the one you had in soccer? You were just like, I'm just going to transfer this over. Or did you like Google YouTube video, stuff like that? Yeah. So I started Googling it. It's definitely different. Um, a lot of it's transferable, obviously like some of the kicking motion. But when I first started, I even have a book called Kicking and Punting 101. I've been reading through it, watching Instagram videos, watching YouTube videos, like how are you supposed to do this? And there's so much misinformation out there. And unfortunately, right now, in a lot of the women's football community, people will try to teach things, but they've never done it themselves. And so I never actually had a kicking coach or a special teams coach that actually had done that before in their own careers. And so I actually got taught the wrong way several times and didn't know it. And I was like, what you just told me in practice, I Googled it and that's not right. Um, So I'm going to switch this up. So now like the the coach I have now, he played kicker too, um, plus a whole bunch of other positions and he's trained uh, NFL kickers as well. So he actually like really knows what he's doing. And it's like night and day, how much better my kicks have gotten with him working with me one-on-one, like just telling me, you you know, you need to move your knee up three more degrees or like, you know, joking a little bit, but, but he's really specific, like gives me really good tips and techniques for how to improve that. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm the same way. Like I find something out that's like interesting or start something new and I'm like all in right off the bat. Like we're deep diving in this and we're gonna we're gonna figure it out come east, west, hell or high hot water. We're figuring it out. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think the that's one of my big philosophies in life. I'm only going to say yes to something if I can go all in. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And how how was that? Like when you told your friends and stuff like, hey, I'm I'm a football player now. I you can now refer to me as Sarah Walford, the football player. Nothing else. <laughs> Yeah, it was, everyone was really excited. I remember my work, my, my old work team back in the day, one of them even got a football, <laughs> brought it to the office and was like, we're going to work on our, you know, you're throwing and catching before your tryout. Um, and then they all like got the the t-shirts with my number and my name. And like they have, everyone has been such big supports of it. And it's been amazing. That's good to hear, you know, because unfortunately we still live in these like or like, you know, there's men's sports and there's women's sports. There's the fact that I feel like, you know, the community you live in and especially on the West Coast, you know, it's just a little, it's not as uncommon as, you know, here in the South and somebody was like, we're starting a women's football team. And they're like, oh, okay. And they just like might've expected to be flagged, but like y'all are out there tackling, y'all are doing the thing. Oh yeah. And I will say like, I agree with everything you just said. And Luckily, I really actively choose who I surround myself with these days. Um, and so the people that I'm around are big supporters, but there is a lot of other hate or ignorance around women in football. Oftentimes I tell someone I just met to play football. The, one of the first questions I usually get is, oh, like the one, the lingerie one? I'm like, no, we're fully clothed. That's, I mean, that, and nothing bad against them. Like they are athletes. I have seen them, it's just not oh, yeah. for me. Um, and I just think that, there needs to be more education around that. There are, there, there's other football teams out there too and other leagues that aren't lingerie. Um, and I even remember one time we were flying to an away game and I'm carrying my, like, my pads and my helmet with me as my carry-on. And one of the people checking me in with security, he like does a double take literally. I was like, oh my God, I thought you were carrying a baby. <laughs> and I was just like, no, this is my shoulder pads and helmet. I'm a football player. And he's like, what? And it was just like, shocked that I would not be carrying a baby but that I would be carrying football pads and helmets so there definitely still is that people don't some people don't even know a lot of people don't know about women's football and that it's like really on the rise right now um but yeah again luckily I surround myself with people who are big supporters of women in sports and they would not be in my life if they weren't so <laughs> exactly we don't no negativity we don't need any of that but that's that's why I wanted you know you to be up here Sarah because like there's leagues and there's been leagues for like years and stuff mm-hmm. with that with women playing football and after you know Sarah Fuller really got the media's attention that hey like women can do this and they've been doing it you just haven't cared mm-hmm. enough to pay attention how, how did that feel like you know when you really saw it getting the rise over the fall that was really exciting yes definitely big supporter of Sarah Fuller um and then also so many other big moments right in women's football history recently especially like a lot of NFL coaches who are women NFL referees like a lot of firsts have been happening and now I'm just really excited when we're gonna gonna get to the place where no one's a first anymore right that's where I want to go where it's like this is just normal it's normal you see a girl in football you know pads and helmet like that's normal that's fine it's awesome like good for her not that it's like what is she doing you know so I'm, I'm yeah, I've definitely been really excited about the future of women in football. We're closer than I think we've ever been, definitely. Cause, oh, yeah. Because, like, we've, we've grown past the point where people are like, oh, you know how, like, I always think of, you know, there's, like, tweets and stuff or those, like, little memes, and they're like, girl says she likes sports. First thing they ask, oh, do you know who LeBron James is? Like, do you know who Tom Brady is? And I'm like, are we, are we really doing this now? Like, I thought yeah. this was, like, you were past this point like come on. you can at least hit somebody with like you know a little bit more than that yeah definitely and then also there's yeah I mean so many different things that female athletes and female coaches and females involved in sports in any way experience which I'm sure we'll probably talk about at some point but there yeah there still is a long way to go in general for women in sports and girls in sports and also for women in society I heard the stat recently I think it was from Melinda Gates that it's going to be 208 more years until we achieve equality in this country in the United States and it's like I don't know about you but I'm not waiting 208 more years like we need to do this now (laughs) I'm not that's like how many generations away no I'm not waiting 208 years Mm -mm, done (laughs) not not gonna happen for me or Sarah or anybody else out there like we don't we don't have the time like let's (laughs) 
instead of like let's get rid of this notion that like we got to make it better for like future generations let's make it better for ourselves then the future generations don't have to work as hard as we did like let's let's go ahead and put in the framework so like sarah said there's no more first there's no more it's just like okay that's what you want to do go ahead girl we're here we're supporting you and you're the second woman to play in this uh arizona football league like did you even realize that when the coach called you and asked you um, I had a feeling that I would be one of few, if maybe the only one, um, but I didn't actually know that I was the second one until the one of the league owners posted a video, which is a nice shout out to me. I was like, oh, that's so nice. He took videos of that. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't really know for sure going in what it was going to be like, but the men on my team have been really welcoming, especially like the first game. Uh, so the first game, one, one of the guys got through when I was about to kick and he blocked my kick. And so bounced off his chest, went forward, and one of their guys was going to, you know, got the ball. And I was like, oh no, they're going to get a touchdown. Like, what? And so I sprinted after him, and he was a bigger guy, and I tackled him and I brought him down. And after that, the guys were like, oh, she's here to play. And ever since then, that moment, I think it was like a lot more respect for me and my game. And the guys have been really accepting of me and supporting me. And the last game was awesome. I was like, um, I had four out of four successful PATs and I did a successful onsides kick for the first time, which was like a big moment for me. And the guys just all like surrounded me and were even chanting at the other team, like, our kicker's better than yours. And I just was like dying laughing. So I didn't know that I was going to be the only woman in the league, um, but it definitely became clear like at the first game, um, not obviously not seeing anyone else in everyone's eyes like, oh, you're playing too? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. But yeah, the league again has been also really supportive. There's these, uh, like I would say probably some of the biggest supporters are the, the women who they do all like the checking in at the front when you first walk in, they do your temperature checks, all of that kind of stuff to make sure that we're COVID safe. And every time I show up, they're like, oh my God, Sarah's here. Yeah, we're so pumped. You're the only woman in the league. So cool. Um, and then now they started playing before some of my kicks. They'll play who run the world girls <laughs> with Beyonce. <laughs> And I'm just like, wow, you guys are really like really being supportive. It's great. So I'm having a blast, honestly. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to do it. But I mean, I'd be excited too. Like, especially if you like didn't know and then you're like, oh, wait, oh, she's going out there. And then, you know, you, you're like, oh, wait, Sarah's actually killing it. Like, hold up, wait a minute now. Now I'm like, team Sarah, let's go buy the jersey. Let's go make some shirts. Like we're, I'm invested now. I think my favorite moments though, actually, I was just thinking, one of the times before my game, I was walking over to the bathroom and all of my football stuff, right? And I heard, I couldn't tell who it was because the, the stands were full, but I heard a little girl go, you see, I can play. There's a girl playing right there. And I was like trying to see who said it to be like, yes, you can. But I couldn't figure out which kid said it. But like moments like that, when I can see that the next generation of girls is seeing that they can do it too, that's where it's like, yeah, you can, you all can, we all can. So those are probably my favorite moments. So I, I know that had to be great. You know, you just, like, like we said, you know, just making it better and making it a place in a world where people aren't shocked. And, you know, little girls don't have to say, yeah, I can do it. Little boys are like, should I be playing football? Because, like, she's better than me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But also, even the little boys are really excited. Last game, when I walked up, there was this group of uh, little boys playing over on the side. And one of them yelled to all his friends, look, guys, there's the girl kicker. Oh, my God. And then they're all like, really? And all these little boys look at me. And I'm like, yeah, I am. I'm the girl kicker. Nice to meet you all. <laughs> all these five to seven-year-old boys. And they're just like, they were so excited, too. And I'm like, okay, this is just all of the kids are really pumped about this. And I'm pumped about this. So it's been great. So you talked about that, you know, you're going to start with the Phoenix red tails in um 2022 how did that go it's like the first organization association that's like paying women to play that had to be a really exciting invitation the long short of it basically how this team found me was i was working on my kicking one practice and just on my own over in seattle actually when i was still living there and was taking videos like okay here's my 20 yard my 25 my 30 35 40 and i just like put a video on my story and I was like in my head I knew I was trying to get signed I have an agent and all that who was working really hard I was like I'm just gonna tag this team Phoenix and I don't even know why maybe it's just the universe but I was like I'm gonna tag them who knows and like as soon as I tagged them and then I went and did my therapy sessions and stuff and then all of a sudden I got back and I had a billion calls from my agent and she was like 
Um, Phoenix is super interested. They've been looking for a kicker and then you happen to tag them in a video or something. Um, and so, yeah, we interviewed each other for like the next week. And then I was like, yeah, this is where I want to be. So I loved, I'm, I'm really big on only joining organizations that are values focused and like equity and social justice focused and understand how to support women in sports. And I really felt that from the, the ownership of this team. So it's, it's got to be a perfect match or it's not going to work. I feel like a lot of people forget that, you know, athletes are people and they do stuff outside of the sport they play on the field, on the court or whatever. And if their ownership or their managers don't line up, that's why they end up leaving a team, not because they're a trader or they're just trying to go, you know, we're in, living in a world of super teams nowadays. Like they're trying to create mm-hmm. their own super team. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've, and I've in soccer and in football, I've been unfortunately been the part of team cultures that didn't have that and were not not values focused and were inappropriate or lots of issues. I'm sure we can see in any women's sports or lots of women's sports. Um, and I hated it. And I hated being. I didn't. I didn't even want to play anymore in different situations. I, like one point, I even quit soccer for an entire year. Did not touch a soccer ball. I refused because I was like so traumatized by inappropriate behaviors. So. I'm just not, I'm at the place in my life where I know what I'm worth and I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I'm going to be treated less than what I deserve. And that includes in sports teams. And that's why I'm really pumped about Phoenix is that they have shown me that they do really care about me as a human and as a player. And that's, that's what I think is really important as coaching staff and as like admin staff. Everybody from the top down, it's gotta be, it's gotta be good. Courageous you, you know, you started that and how did you get there? When did therapy be like, oh, this is it. Yeah. So basically kind of a little bit about my career. So I have my master's in social work. That's what I studied when I was at Bear University. So I did my bachelor's and master's in social work. I graduated in 2012 with my MSW. And then I kind of started working in community mental health from then on, starting with like my internships were around like the juvenile justice system. And then post-graduate, like graduating, I was working in the CPS system, not for CPS, but that like basically it was uh, intensive family preservation services. It was really hard work, a lot of trauma, like having to be involved in removing kids is not my favorite and it's really hard work. Um, and again, I know it's important because we have to have safety and all those other things, but it was really challenging. So after two years there, I was like, you know what? I want to move back to the Pacific Northwest because that was all in Miami. And then I started working at a crisis center and then I started working for, you know, people experiencing homelessness and running some programs and that kind of thing. Basically, I got burnt out uh, of community mental health because none of the clients or anything. And I love my teams that I was working with, but because of the bureaucracy um, and also, honestly, <laughs> this is a whole other story, but I was at one of, you know, an agency and they started paying me unequally to two men and kept adding more and more work to my plate. And I was like, having to advocate for four months about why I should be paid equally when I was doing way more across every category. I'm like, doesn't make sense. Why are they getting paid 10,000 more dollars a year than me? How does, how is that, how does that work? Right. And like lots of ridiculous statements, like, well, if we change that for you, we're going to have to change that for all women here. And I'm like, yeah, you are going to have to do that. You're right. Like, right. So like that, that was pretty traumatizing, honestly. Um, and so then finally I was like, you know what, I need to leave this for my own mental health, my own self-care. I can't keep fighting for our clients when I'm also fighting the agency and the systems that we're having to work with, um, which I could talk about systems all day. So don't get me started there, but all of them suck. Basically we have a lot to do to improve them. And so then I was like, you know what, I think I'm going to join a private practice. So I joined a group practice and then COVID hit. I was like, you know what, I think it's time for me to do my own thing. And so I launched Courageous U last August. Um, but then basically didn't really fully launch until I was able to move to Phoenix and so launched all of that probably started getting full around November or December now I'm completely packed I see 20 or 25 clients every single week um, I love it and I have big dreams for Courageous U we're gonna become a group practice um, I'm about to hire some clinicians onto the team which I'm really excited about just because there's such a big mental health shortage in this country there already was pre-COVID and I don't know if anyone that's listening to this has tried to search for a therapist right now. Everybody's full, like everywhere across the country, pretty much. Um, so we need more therapists. And so that's kind of my big dream is to, well, I have several big dreams. That's one of my big dreams <laughs> is to lessen that, um, the gap there. And so have more clinicians from every single level join my team um, and then teach them how to be values driven, how to run a business. Because there's also a saying that therapists are great therapists but we don't know how to run a business and I don't think that's true um and so I'm just gonna help 
clinicians who join my team, I'm going to teach them how to run a business. Because obviously I've been doing that with my other one already for two years. Um, and then we're just going to change the mental health industry. It's probably going to take over the world. Just small goals, right? <laughs> yeah, you, you got you to gotta start big. And then that's how you know how to get, you know, to step one, because you know what the ultimate goal is. So exactly. You got to start somewhere. And we're, are you focusing just like on children, on the juvenile justice system, or are you kind of doing a broad spectrum of everything? Yeah, mostly now I serve uh, people who are part of the LGBTQ plus community, um, people who like I work with mostly adults, but some teenagers who are 13 and over because I will say I do everything by telehealth. And when I had a few like eight year olds trying to keep an eight year old engaged in a therapy session on a screen is really hard, especially when they've been in virtual school all year during COVID like this. It's really hard to do that. So mostly I'm just working with teenagers and adults now, and I think I like that better. Um, I also work a lot with couples, including like non-traditional or like polyamorous or, you know, ethical non-monogamous couples. Um, that's another thing that I really like, a uh, population I really like to work with. Also women of all different backgrounds. Um, and then like a few other here or there that like I work with some empaths or some people who are plant-based because I'm plant-based as well. And so they've sought that out. So a few differences, but mostly I'd say the first few populations I mentioned. Yeah, just a big broad spectrum. I'll have all her information in the link in the episode notes as usual. Y'all definitely go check out Courageous. You know, she's booked now, but she will, we're, we're going to keep you booked. Curse First Convo is going to keep your books tightened up for 2021. Awesome. <laughs> Girl Sports, talk about it. How did we get there? What was like, this is a need. I'm going to fill it. Let's do it. Yeah. So, okay. Again, long story short, cause I can talk about this also for hours. I can just talk for hours, but, um, so girl boss sports came about in 2018 and that's because a few of the stories that I've kind of mentioned already in our conversation experiences I had as a female athlete that were less than savorable, I will say, and that I know don't happen to my male counterparts, but then also I didn't mention, I've been a soccer coach since I was 14 years old. It was my first job coaching two-year-olds which is a whole other experience, but that's, you know, started there. Um, and then since that time, I've coached all the way from two-year-olds up to junior college level and kind of everything in between, all genders, all ages, different settings. I've coached in three states. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because in all of these different types of settings, I've consistently found several big issues that just, honestly, they pissed me off. Um, one of the, I mean, so lots of them. There's a story I like to tell that and I have a billion stories. Uh, one of them being, Literally, I was told not too long ago that a pair of ovaries doesn't qualify you to coach. And I would, excuse me, maybe you should look at my 17 years of experience coaching rather than my ovaries for why I'm qualified to coach, right? Um, so things like that that have happened, but then, or another story, right? I'm about to coach a team. This is several years ago before Girl Boss Sports. I'm, you know, standing there about to check them in. I have all of my coaching attire on, so I'm not looking like I do right now, right? I have my clipboard. I have my whistle. I have the coaching cards, the rosters. Like, I'm looking legit. And I'm standing over there next to my team. The referee walks over. He makes eye contact with me. And then instead of coming to talk to me to check the girls in, he goes over and talks to one of the dads who's over there tying his daughter's shoe. And I'm like, are you kidding me? He's wearing jeans. He's wearing <laughs> jeans. Like clearly he's not the coach. Like, dude, I, like, come on. I didn't say that that was all in my head, but so like those kind of examples happen all of the time, plus a billion others I could share. But then one of the things that frustrated me the most was that every single setting I've coached in, there's always not enough women coaching, sometimes zero other women. And I'm like, how is it possible that I'm in a room of 100 or 110 men and there's three or four women and like excuse me that's right and so I just kept seeing that and at one point I was coaching for a really big club that's the you know, we had all staff and again there was like those, those 100 to 110 coaches in the room I count the women and I'm like I don't even remember what the rest of the training was about because the whole time I'm pissed and I'm like researching what is the normal statistic for a number of women coaches it's 21 percent there should be so many more in this room plus like 21 percent is already bad it's not good enough but three or four out of 100 or 110, that's wildly off, right? So because of who I am and I can't keep my mouth shut, I went over to one of the directors after the, after the big all staff and was like, so, uh, and I said it professionally because I am professional, but I was basically like, where's all the women at? And, uh, you know, he was, you know, I first started making some excuses. Well, you know, some of them had to coach and blah, 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 and all this stuff. Some of them had to be at home and I'm like, okay, well, how many more are there in total on our staff? It was like, oh, maybe three or four more. So I'm like, 
So like eight to 10 out of 110 coaches are women. Okay. And then again, because of who I am, I sent them a whole proposal of all of the ways that we need to do better as a club and how we can recruit more women coaches and how we can keep girls in sports and all of the things I'm passionate about, basically offered to do it for free and then didn't hear anything from them. Um, and so that's when I was like, you know what, if nobody else wants to do this, I'm, I know I'm like a mental health therapist. That's been my job and I don't have a business degree, but you know what, I'm just going to launch a business and I'm going to figure out how to do it. I'm smart. I can Google things. I can read books on how to start a business. And so that's when it happened. November, 2018, I was like, I'm doing this thing. And basically we have two goals. One, get more women coaches because there's way too few of us. And then two, keep girls in sports. And that's because a few things, one, they're dropping out way quicker than boys uh, at twice the rate of boys by the age of 14, in fact. And because my real passion for all of this is that we've seen that there's clearly a relationship between girls participating in sports and future leadership. Like I think it was 95% of female C-suite executives most recently have played sports as teenagers, but like if girls are dropping out quicker than boys, how do we ever lessen that leadership gap across literally every industry unless we start with keeping girls in sports? So that's my real mission is to take over the whole world too in terms of having qualified women leaders across every industry because they, they stayed in sports because of girl boss sports and other factors. So that's my dream. That, I mean, I couldn't think of a better dream to even dream of, you know, I just think of the like song. It's like dream, dream, dream from like shark tales or whatever that movie was. <laughs> and, yeah, but I, mean, I mean, that's so cool. And as you know, a girl who played sports, I just always thought it was weird how there's like 512 14 16 year old girls here and every single coach is man mm-hmm. like that that concept kind of never under like it never like clicked to me like okay like we're not over here like shaming them by any means but we all know especially you see coaches like Don Staley in basketball and 507 other million coaches and you see that sometimes that connection that female to female connection just makes more sense yeah I mean and also like I I have so many I just did a whole presentation actually at the U.S. Soccer Foundation about this why we need to keep girls in sports and why we need more women coaches so I have whole slides on this if you want to see another point we can talk more (laughs) offline but um, I have all the, the thoughts on this um and girls need female role models is a big one and that's going to keep them in sports by having someone they they can look to like look up to who understands what it is like to be a female athlete and I'm, i mean i'm not saying that men coaches are bad right that's not at all what i'm saying i'm not trying, trying to shame them but we also need to have women coaches and like there is something different and a different way that i can connect with female athletes than male coaches can um and then also as a side note what was it? I think 99.5% of sexual abuse in sport happens as a result of male coaches. And that is to all genders, not just to girls. Right. And so it's like female athletes will also literally be safer if we have more women coaches, in addition to all the other reasons that we need more women coaches. I, they're like, I feel like people forget all the time. Like y'all always look at the negatives instead of looking at the positives of what a change especially like a change that literally could only be better like we have more women coaches oh my god that's so awful now it's good for the girls and it's good for the boys and it's good for the bottom line of a company because think about it this way right if our, if you want to keep girls in sports that which they need a female role model that's one of the factors that most influences that right if you so if you if you get more women coaches more of the girls that you're club or organization or school or whatever are going to stay in sports meaning they're going to keep paying you for the service you provide so like it actually makes sense not just ethically but also from a business standpoint that we need more women coaches like it just makes sense and then also it's not just good for girls it's good for boys to see women in positions of leadership and a coach is a really good first opportunity for that so then they're going to end up being more respectful to women in the workplace who are their leaders later on in life so and it's going to, it's going to start changing the systems that we're all a part of so like there's not a downside to having more women coaches. And I was one, I know I'm rambling, but another thing that really bothers me is that, so I've had these conversations, I, you know, I get to meet with, which is an awesome opportunity, lots of different boards of directors, people, like leadership teams of clubs and schools and et cetera. And I always ask two questions. One, how many women coaches do you have on your staff? The answer is always not enough, right? No matter what it is, zero to not enough. And then I ask them, why do you think that is? 
And the number one answer I always get from them is that they think that women aren't interested or qualified to coach. And number one, like I have almost 50 women on my staff right now at Growball Sports as coaches who are qualified. We have 15 current or former professional women soccer players who are our coaches on our staff right now. So like we, we are out here. That's just in the Seattle area. Like we're running deep. Growball Sports, we're running deep. Yes. Like we are out here. There's a ton of us that they're not just at Growball Sports. They're everywhere. Like I just, you're not looking hard enough. If you can't find any women coaches, you're not looking hard enough. And like, you just need to look a little bit harder. Um, and then secondly, there's actually been studies, like not just what I'm saying, but there's been studies on it. Two big ones. I can't remember who did them right now off the top of my head, but they actually, basically they tested male athletic directors assumptions around this exact thing that two things, women aren't qualified to coach. And then also that women would be more likely to say they can't coach because of uh, family obligations or to complain about family stuff. In the studies, they found the opposite for both. The women were more qualified. They had more education. They had more experience. They had more playing experience. They had more of everything. And also the men were more likely to complain about having family obligations than the women. So like, it's just not even true. The things that they say are not true. That that's that's how it is with most things. It's like they just make up this concept so they can keep you know business as usual. And nine times out of ten, your business will be better if you shake it up. Like, how do you think companies mm-hmm. grew? You know, between when the internet didn't exist and the internet now, like they would not still be in business if they did not choose to be on the internet. Mm-hmm. And also, there's been so much in general, not even just in the sports industry, but in like across industries that show when you have more diversity on your staff you perform better like more you're more profitable as a company so like we're talking about diversity in terms of having more women on our staff right but that's that literally will lead to having a better business just in and of itself like have more diversity on your staff and that doesn't just again doesn't just mean for women but that means we need to have women of all different backgrounds that needs to include trans women women of color that needs to include people of different abilities people with different socioeconomic statuses people who are part of the LGBT community. Like we need to focus on having women who represent all of these groups be a part of staffs everywhere, so. Exactly, I, I remember I saw like an ad or something for an Ikea commercial and the Ikea commercial was for this disabled man. He worked at Ikea and he was like, hey, y'all are trying to get me to advertise this furniture I can't even use. And so he basically came up with a mock-up of like all these different types of furniture that are you know, work for differently abled people. And I was like, a concept. And like, it like blew up. It was all over the internet. And I was like, here's a perfect example of how you just let somebody be in the room. And now you're opening up your doors to not only being just a better company in general, but you're getting more customers. Because I know I personally support companies and businesses that, like we talked about earlier, that share my values, that share the things I believe in. And if you're doing the same thing, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And my friends are going to be like, Hey, where did you get that from? And I'm like, it's a snowball effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I just want to also add like diversity is awesome, but so is inclusion. We need to have both those things. You can't just have people at the table just to have them at the table. You need to actually allow them to like, and have them be a part of the decision-making process. Right. So that's just a side note, also really important things. Oh yeah, just because you have the cookout chair in the corner does not mean that you're doing your part. You just, you did the bare minimum and the bare minimum is just not cutting it anymore. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean like, we're not, I know that girl boss sports, right? We're not perfect. We have a long way to go on this too. Like that's a big goal actually for quarter two that we just met as a team. And we're talking about, we need to make sure that we are addressing equity and social justice and all these other things that we say are our values. We need to do this. So I'm not saying we're perfect. And then we understand that no company is perfect, but like, we all can get better. And there are a lot of resources out there to get better at these things. And it's just, if you're not doing it, I think honestly, being lazy, like you gotta like, you you gotta work on it. It's work. Oh yeah. Like the best thing to not only do as a company or a business, just as a person is to check in and be like, Hey, am I doing what I align to or my morals or my consciousness or whatever? Like maybe it's because I read that like Dare to Lee book by Brene Brown that I'm really like, you know, third- third eye open right now but you know I just felt like you know because the whole book is about you know being vulnerable in the workplace and all that stuff and you have to be vulnerable in a sense not you know like walk around crying or whatever wow this has really become a plug for Renee Brown I love her so much I'm like about to talk to her about her for five minutes but keep going I love this (laughs) and you know you just have to just be open and don't be afraid of things and 
like I said, keeping your third eye open in a way just, just lets you allow yourself not only be just a better person, you know, just check like, hey, I say I like this or I'm part of this or I support this group, but am I really taking the steps and the actions to support the group exactly. or the people or whatever? Yeah. And also I just want to add really quick, that's like Brene Brown. Anyone that listens to this, my friends is going to be like, oh, of course we're talking about Brene Brown. So I talk about her like every day, at least once a day. One of my heroes, if people who are listening don't know, she's like a shame researcher and like researches vulnerability and courage. And actually a big part of why I started Courageous You and why I even called it Courageous You was from Brene Brown. And one of the big quotes I have on my website comes from her where it's like, you can choose courage or you can choose comfort and you can't have both. And that just always sticks to me. Like if the only reason that I am not doing something is because I'm scared, that's not good enough. There has to be something else or I'm going to do the thing, right? And so Brene Brown is awesome. She is like, I think the third most viral TED talk. We are totally plugging her right now, but she's amazing. And she deserves to be plugged in every podcast, but she's great. So exactly. <laughs> like like what, what you thought you came here for, it turned out this is just a Brene Brown ad. This is, yeah. this is a 45 minute <laughs> Brene Brown ad. Highly recommend <laughs> five stars. <laughs> okay so at this show when I have guests on we do this little thing I say a word you just come and say whatever comes up in your brain you know whatever you say if it has a story behind it tell us the story because that's what we're here for so first word is football um what comes to my mind really is the tackling honestly like that's when I think of football I think of tackling and all the adrenaline that shoots through your body right when you're about to do it and then how it feels when you successfully tackle somebody like that's just what keeps replaying in my mind best feeling ever I am envious of you for it but I'm also not because I just have a feeling like my bones would just crumble like no just crumble if I got hit but then like my competitiveness would like glue myself back together you know like all those like animated movies where like they fall apart and then they come back together yeah and now they're like oh my god now I have to hit someone else <laughs> yeah um, well luckily since I play defense I don't usually get hit I get to be the one doing the hitting um so that yeah that's probably what I think about and I also think about like just the history behind it that I just keep having these flashes of like Jen Welter Katie Sowers like all of these uh, badass women who have been in football um and so I think about that too and I think it's the sport that needs to still come the farthest for women because the fact that we're going to be 2022 having the first ever professional women's league um that's you know like it's <laughs> it should have happened a long time ago women have been playing football since what the 30s or something mm-hmm. like that so we have a long way to go definitely yeah uh second word phrase burlesque karaoke <laughs> I'm guessing you saw my Instagram. <laughs> um, there is this awesome place. I can't think of the name of it right now. Do you do you have it written down somewhere? So it was in Seattle. Um, and they do this awesome. I love karaoke. Anyone that knows me knows that my jam is Anaconda by Nicki Minaj. Um, though I'm working on some new material by Cardi B. We'll see. Um, and there's this really cool place. I see, like the other passion I have is like I really wish I could be a performer, but I have no singing talent. So like I can be all like, you know, doing all the things, but like no one wants to actually listen to me except when I'm singing like Nicki Minaj. And so there's this place in Seattle that they have like the dancers too and that perform with you while you sing. And I was lucky to perform with like one of the most popular dancers, this amazing guy, I can't think of his name right now. And it's like my favorite karaoke experience I've ever had. And I can't wait till things open up again so I can go back and try again, because it was awesome. You could just do your big performances at like, because I have a feeling you're going to be like a next TikTok, you know, you're going to, you're going to get there. You're going to get to the TikTok stage and you can just do your burlesque performance in your TikTok. You can just figure out how to like present in like karaoke, Nicki Minaj, Cardi B style. That would be so cool. I'm going to think on how I could do that. Like I could just rap other words about like women in sports instead of Anaconda. So. <laughs> we figured it out we figured it out when it when it goes viral you heard it here first yeah (laughs) I can't wait now okay and the last one is coach Rick coach Rick yeah so that's the coach I was saying earlier he's I think the favorite coach I've ever had the one I was I've been talking about this whole podcast um and I think what I like about him the most in addition to he's actually really good like he has a lot of skills as a coach is that you can really clearly see how much he cares and he always goes above and beyond for his athletes even right now like um well he'll do an extra ladder workout and he'll come all the way to where I am for every single Monday night and do that with me even if I'm the only one that shows up and he'll be out there coaching me as if the whole team did um 
and you'll wake up if I'll like yeah I want to run in the mountain there's this mountain near me now in Arizona um that's really steep really exhausting but an awesome workout and I'll be like hey I'm thinking of going um this Sunday at 7 a.m he'll be like okay I'm there awesome because I'm reaching out so he'll send me the workout he's like no I'll be there I'll be there to coach you then another player might reach out I'm gonna go at four he's like okay I'll be there so I just think that it's really clear how much he cares about us again not just as athletes but as humans and that's that's what I think a good coach is so that's coach Rick shout out to him yeah shout out to coach Rick and I mean what other way can we end this Brene Brown ad this where all the women at you know podcast if you really think you came here for football you got a whole lot more than you did today and you should be appreciative you should be very appreciative for us to give you that so uh Sarah tell everybody where they can find you where they can find the red tails where they can find Arizona Football League yeah so you can find me that probably the best place to follow my journey personally is on Instagram it's the one I use the most often so my handle is CEO underscore Sarah Wolfer. Sarah has an H, by the way, and then it's Wolfer, like the animal, E-R. Um, and then if you want to find out more about either of the companies, so Girl Boss Sports, we're on all the social media, by the way, but Girl Boss Sports is at girlbossports.com and Courageous U is courageousu.us, and that's Y-O-U. So, and then also, yeah, sorry, the football league. You can find the Phoenix Red Tails also on Instagram if you search that. And then you can search um, the Arizona Desert Football League to find the men's um, the league that I'm talking about. Yes, y'all make sure you go do all that. It, everything's in the description, episode notes. Sarah, thank you so much for coming. It's been so fun. That is going to be it for this week's episode. Make sure to like, comment, rate, subscribe wherever you decided to your listen to your podcast at. Head on over to Instagram and follow at Her Sports Convo to stay up to date on all things Her Sports Convo. If you're not subscribed to the Her Sports Convo YouTube channel, go ahead and do that. I post new videos up there every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the podcast episodes go up there on Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as well. So you can watch it in two places if you just really love it, because I know you do. Shout out to Sarah and thank you so much for coming on. It was so fun to talk to you. I cannot tell you how much that conversation did. It was so good to talk about not only sports and just football and all that good stuff. Check out Brene Brown if you want to. And if by some reason, Brene Brown, you're listening to this, hey, girl, come on the pod. We would love to hear you here. But as always, have fun, be safe, and don't be afraid to join the convo. 